Hi, welcome to True Creeps, where the stories are true and the creeps are real. We'll cover stories from grotesque gore to the possibly plausible paranormal, to horrifying history, to tense and terrible true crime, and everything else that goes bump in the night. We're your hosts, Amanda, and I'm Lindsay, and we want you to join us while we creep. We cover mature topics. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, everyone. Today, we are talking about paranormal and creepy challenges that we've seen online and one that was sent to us. And our last one, Amanda doesn't know what it is. (laughs) I'm very worried. And as I was taking notes, I was like dying because I was so excited to tell her about this. Oh, man. I'm like, is she going to make me try one of these weird challenges without me knowing I'm doing it? And then I'm going to end up in some like parallel dimension. And who could know? The fact that you think that the one that I have (laughs) as a surprise is something you could accidentally do makes it so much better. I'm actually I'm getting a post-it. So if you hear ruffling, that's what it is, because I want to remind myself when we get to it that you thought you could do this on accident. (laughs) Oh, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. No, I know. But like, it'll be. Do you hear that satisfying click of my Sharpie? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. On accident. Oh, God. Okay. I'm going to put it question mark. I'll put it on the box of tarot cards in front of me to remind myself when it's time. Because you'll understand why it's extra funny when we do it. Okay. So you can mock me later. Get that. Great. No. (laughs) Because the idea that you could accidentally do a lot of these things, I think, is is funny. Because they're like, you're going to take these 17 steps that are very particular. And you can't mess a single one up or the whole thing doesn't work. Right. Yeah, there's one that we'll talk about. I was like, I would be more panicked trying to remember these steps. And therefore, I would never get back to home because I would just be like, I don't know anymore. There's too many steps. Did I ever tell you? So I went to Indiana to a camp that I didn't know what the camp was. And it's fine with what it was. How? It's just I didn't realize what it was. And it didn't really advertise what it was. But I understand why they didn't in retrospect. But I was also 19. But that's wait, not wait, the point wait, of this. Wait, no, back up. Back up. You went somewhere. You didn't know where you were going or why it existed, but you went to a different state? No. At 19. Was it to murder you? It wasn't to murder me, but it was a camp that was a very specific theme and activity that it was geared towards. But I didn't know that because it wasn't on the website and I was naive. And I understand why the activities that they wanted weren't on the website, but it nevertheless was surprising. Okay, you're going to have to elaborate. I can't elaborate here, (laughs) but I can elaborate off air. Oh, my gosh. I have so many things going through my head. I might in our discord. Maybe I'll tell people what it was. Okay, but not publicly, publicly. But the whole point of this was that like at one point and this was like MapQuest direction days. So like I drove from Maryland to Indiana to go to a camping event with printed out MapQuest directions and like not great directional skills. So at one point I'm like, okay. I have followed these instructions and it doesn't make any sense. So we stopped at along John Silver's, as one does. And <laughs> I asked the person behind the counter, oh, how do I get here? And they're like, oh, that's near my house. Why don't you just come to my house? And you're like, sure. <laughs> well, I was like, that was just the end of their statement. And I was like, oh, I don't know where you live, though. So where is this place? And the directions they gave me were like, you're going to make 
a right, then a left, then two more rights. Then at the fork in the road, you're going to veer to the right. Then you're going to go over two hills. The road's going to be shaped like a G. You're going to go into the middle of it. Then you're going to make a right, a left, two rights, go up a hill, go down a hill, then make a left. Isn't that just turning around a lot? No, it was just windy. It was just windy. Obviously, those are not the directions because I didn't remember them then and I don't remember them now. (laughs) All of that to say is like, if I am in a car and someone gives me directions, I am nodding so politely and saying thank you so much and then typing it into my phone GPS because that doesn't work in my brain at all. I mean, same. I've lived here forever and I'm like, what's that near? If you tell me like it's near something, I'm like, okay, I I know the general idea, but you're like, go to this. I don't get that. There is a flea market here that is one room and I got lost in it. (laughs) (laughs) I still have a million questions about this weird camp that you would drive states away without knowing what it is. No, I thought I knew what it was. I was wrong. (laughs) Okay. Anywho, that's not what we're talking about. I only brought that up to to get to the point of directions and that if something is multi-stepped, once you get to step three, if I have not written this down and carried it with me, I have forgotten it. Fair. Fair. Same. Well, let's talk about some of these uh, weird, paranormal, creepy challenges. So the first one I want to talk about is the F74 challenge. And this one's been pretty popular on TikTok And that's where I first heard about it. And I was like, I don't understand how this goes together, but I could see why it seemed a little creepy. So what it's called is F74. I've also seen F47 and Floor 74 or 47. So lots of different names for the same thing. And essentially what you do is you write, I want to say in red marker, F74 or 47 on your wrist before going to bed. And once asleep, you are supposed to find yourself in a hallway. And this hallway has many numbered doors and you go through a numbered door, which will lead you to another hallway with more doors. And you continue to do this until you eventually find a blank door with no numbers on it. Once you pass through the blank door, that allows you to escape and wake up safely. The challenge, though, let's add some more weirdness to it. The challenge states that those who attempt it only have 10 hours to escape or you become trapped forever and never wake up and die. So many questions. I don't know who has 10 hours to sleep. I don't know how to tell you this, Amanda, but I've regularly slept for 10 hours because if I have like a few days where like I don't sleep for long, I will then sleep a while. This is a foreign concept to Amanda. This is very foreign to me. 10 hours. That's a long time. You know what you can accomplish in 10 hours? (laughs) Finding a blank door. Do you know what I accomplish? Rest. What is that? (laughs) What is that? Okay, so your steps awake are right, F74 on your wrist, go to sleep. Mm -hmm. Okay, then you're in a hallway. Yes. Go through a numbered door. Look for a door with no number. Walk through. Walk through and then you, you should wake up theoretically. Okay, so it's tr- it's four. It's four steps. That's a little bit less stressful to me, right? You're in a hallway, number door, look for a no number door, walk through it. Correct. But every time you open a door, it leads to another hallway and you don't know which one will have the blank door. There's some extra stuff that'll happen too. But I've seen a lot of people say like, oh, the trick is you want to look for one of the numbers that ends with 74. And then you keep going through numbered hallway after numbered hallway with whatever number that ends in 74. And eventually you'll find that door. Some say, you know, just keep going. You have 10 hours, do it as fast as you can. However, let's add more 
weirdness, creepiness, whatever you want to call it to it. There is a, a hazard, if you will, within these hallways. While you're doing this, you're probably going to feel an unknown presence behind you. No, thank you. And you as a participant are not allowed to look back at this entity or let it catch up to you. If it does, or if you look back at it, then it'll capture you and take you to an all-white room. And once there, the only way to escape is to bang on the walls loud enough so that you wake yourself up and escape. And I'm like, well, that doesn't seem that bad. But I guess it's supposed to be very, very difficult. And most people that make it this far don't wake up or don't live. I have a very practical question about this. <laughs> uh, I don't think practical goes with this, but sure. No, it, no, it'll make sense. So you need to have F-74 on your wrist when you go to sleep. Mm -hmm. But does F-74 have to stay on your wrist for the duration of the challenge? Because what if, hypothetically, Ooh. you were a person who often slept with their hand under their head and also, mm -hmm. hypothetically only, you also drooled? What if you drooled <laughs> the number off? Maybe maybe that's how they wake up. <laughs> oh, so you could just, just be a drooler? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, maybe. Done and done. Done and done. Hypothetically, I'd be doing it. <laughs> I tried to go back to like the TikToks and, and we'll talk about the history of it in a minute. But almost everyone that I saw was like people that have attempted this have died or have ended up in the hospital. And I could not find any. I mean, I guess what would they put in a report? But I didn't find any legitimate reports of anyone being harmed, dying or this even working. That's also classic urban legend behavior, though, right? Is that like something bad happened? It is. It is. But I would also venture to say that unless somebody like unless somebody knew what you had written on your wrist and had paid attention to that when you were admitted, I don't think they would know that injuries, deaths or like perhaps if somebody was like comatose. I don't think they would know that they were related until they like heard of F-74 and were like, huh, that person came in and had that on their wrist. Right. Fair. But also the average TikToker probably wouldn't know that either as they're putting it at the end of each video. <laughs> fair, 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 fair. So how it got started. What I was able to find is that the challenge was originally posted on TikTok in May of 2022. So last year. And I believe it's from user floor74info. <laughs> <laughs> Which came after a very similar challenge that I saw, but the number that you had to write was significantly longer. I don't know where this number came about, but it's 690452. And some say that is a cursed number, <gasps> but I can't find why. <laughs> Many TikTok users have posted themselves writing F74 on their wrists and writing ominous messages like, if I don't post again within 12 hours, I am dead. What if you got that tattooed on your wrist? Would you just keep doing it every time you fell asleep? Oh, you're fucked then. You just like take a little car snooze and you're like, fuck, again. So, like, <laughs> can you imagine how just exhausting your life would be if like every time you fell asleep, you had to like escape this other dimension? I mean, that would be really frustrating. You'd have to change the F to like a weird A, right? Yeah. Then who knows where you'd end up? Yeah. The hashtag F74 now has 92.5 million views last time I checked. That's a lot. Yeah. No. I mean, that's a lot of people looking at it. I, I think it's intriguing. I like the idea of it. -ish. Right. It's interesting. And I mean, if this were to be able to happen, that would be like a pretty terrifying nightmare. Right. Mm -hmm. So I was wondering, like, is there any sort of science behind it? Like, can this happen in any way? Right. 
And in regards to like potential real life science to explain this, what came up was that there was a theory that the F-74 challenge is actually due to some people accidentally triggering lucid dreaming. And I'm like, okay, like that kind of makes sense, right? Lucid dreaming is achieving conscious awareness of dreaming while you're actively in that dream. So you're like, you recognize that you are in the dream while you're in it. And so while lucid dreaming, you would be able to control the actions and what's occurring in the dream. I don't know if you've ever been able to do it. I have, I think, a couple times where I'm like, oh, I'm dreaming. I could do whatever. I have experienced lucid dreaming, but I have never been able to do it at will where I was like, I would like to lucid dream. Right. Please and thank you. And then I fell asleep and I was lucid dreaming. It's always like truly horrific circumstances, which I would like honestly rather not be lucid dreaming in. Like I would rather like not have any recollection of this thing. Okay. Okay. And actually most dreams that I remember, I feel like are lucid dreams for me. Like where I actually know I'm dreaming. Interesting. Maybe that triggers like you're able to remember it better. I don't know. Hmm. But in studies, people succeeded in becoming lucid while dreaming by telling themselves before they go to sleep to recognize that they're in a dream by noticing interesting things or bizarre events. Lucid dreaming has been confirmed as a legitimate phenomenon in these same studies. And the way that they were able to do it, I guess, is they were having their test subjects make prearranged patterns of eye movements that could be detected by the scientists who were monitoring them while they were sleeping. And I was trying to figure out, like, what did that mean? And if I understand it correctly, they were like, in your dream, you'll want to look left, right, left, right, up, down, or, you know, just an idea. And so they're watching for that pattern of eye movement because then they'd remember it and then they'd be able to, like, recreate it in the dream. Interesting. Right. And so I wonder if it's possible that like the combination of writing F-74 on the wrist and having like the pre-described events of the challenge within your thoughts prior to going to sleep and maybe that unintentionally triggers lucid dreaming and dreaming about this specific challenge just because you've already been thinking about it so much. Yes, I think that makes sense. I would also say two other things. I think that it is incredibly possible follow me here, that you could dream that you were lucid dreaming and not be lucid dreaming because you're acting like you would act in this situation where you think that you are lucid dreaming, but it is actually a dream you that is taking these actions. So think um, more you're watching a movie of a dream rather than participating in the dream. And that version of you is acting like you would. So it feels like it's you. Right. Maybe. That's one thing. And the second is that when you imagine something, can you imagine an image of it? When I (laughs) imagine something, can I imagine like an... What do you mean? If I was to say, think of the picture of you and I holding the sweet potato tots. What is in your head? Can you see the image in your head? Yes. The picture that we took? Yeah. Yes. You can see that image. Yeah. Some people cannot. That stresses me out. I know. There's also people who don't have internal monologues. So the reason I bring that up is because I wonder if people who cannot picture something in their head or who don't have an inner monologue, if they could, if this was real, do this. Right. And I find that extra fascinating, the idea of even dreams for people who can't visualize things, because that is visualization. It is your mind showing you images that do not exist. Yeah. Do you know anyone that can't do that? I do. Yeah. I also think that like I like that my brain works this way, but it is also much more difficult to quiet my mind. So there's the downside. Same. So 
Anywho, let's talk about some interesting stories and theories about this. So we were able to find an article about a TikTok user who claims to have actually attempted the challenge. And when they tried it for the first time, it didn't work. But when they tried it the second time, they made sure to overtly think about the challenge as they fell asleep. And they said that the second time worked. They said they recalled waking up in a hallway with doors and that there was alarms going off. They could not find their way out and finally opened a door that had a woman covered in blood on the other side. They claimed that the bloody woman then killed them, but then they woke up and obviously didn't die because they woke up. That's an interesting, different version. That just sounds like a nightmare to me. Same, because I'm like, you didn't complete the challenge. Like, theoretically, if this was really the challenge, you would have died or you would have been stuck elsewhere, right? Like in a coma. Yeah, like that's just a lucid nightmare. Like you remember it. So I feel like that's not the challenge at all. So some have also discussed astral projection in relation to the game. So there are some people who think you're not lucid dreaming. What you're doing is accidentally kind of astral projecting to this place, wherever it is. And then there's also people who are like, this is all dumb. Just learn to astral project rather than trying this silly thing. Yeah. And this, of course, brought us to another rabbit hole. And we we talked before on like a high level overview of astral projection. But to refresh, astral projection is when you leave your body while you're asleep and you travel somewhere else. It's also considered an out of body experience, also known as an OBE, which also includes things like near death experiences. And it's we've seen it in tons of movies, right? Like Doctor Strange. It happens. Love him. Mm -hmm. I think it's more discussed nowadays because of it. Yes, yes. Well, I also feel like it's kind of like left like like woo-woo science and like hippie stuff to like the mainstreams because now you talk about it with superheroes and things like that as opposed to being like, look what your mind can do. Right. And, you know, surveys suggest that between 8 and 20% of people claim that they've had some sort of -of out-of-body experience at a point in their life. And of this 8 to 20%, some have to be under hypnosis while others say that they were just in a state of relaxation. Which I would also tell you that same, same. Hypnosis can just be a purposeful state of relaxation because you're typically fully aware when you're under hypnosis. Yeah. So in terms of how long have we thought a person could leave their body during a dream, it actually goes back pretty far, like ancient times. And people all over the world believe it's possible in ancient times and now. And many people who claim to have astral projected explain very, very vivid experiences. And we talked about one in a previous episode where a person was like, oh, I saw like a childhood home. Yeah. And then other people think that it's just guided imagery. And sometimes when you are being led through hypnosis, one method of hypnosis is through like a guided imagery kind of hypnosis. And they're like, you are in a pond. You're walking next to this pond and you see a lily pad. On that lily pad is a frog. That frog jumps into the water with a splash. The sun is setting. And he has a lipless slit. (laughs) Hold on, wait. I'm going to say that again. That frog makes a splash. Then up from the water emerges a lipless slit. About the size of a 12-year-old boy. That comes crashing to the shore to drag you to its depths. Uh, most of it's not like that. But it is imagery. It would be a lot more fun if it was. 
wouldn't it be? Wouldn't it be? <laughs> I actually, I don't know. I don't think that would be fun, but I do think it would be interesting. Um, but it's often kind of like it's walking you through like a nature kind of experience. It's like a happy place, if you will. So I feel like astral projection, perhaps hypnosis, like how that feels can be very similar. But guided imagery is when a person of authority, like a psychologist or someone who teaches how to do it, says what to expect during the experience. And then the person has it happen. And I mean, it's just very, like a very intense view of visualization, in my opinion. But there's no real way to scientifically measure if it's possible to astral project or to determine whether consciousness can exist outside of the brain. And yet things can change all the time. And there are a lot of ideas on how to test this, but people are always suspicious of the, the quote unquote evidence. And if you think about just like, well, how could you test this? I could think of like 20 ways right off the cusp, right? To tell if a person has been to another place without their body leaving. Right. Like you could place unknown objects at different locations and then ask the person to astral project and tell what they saw. Yes. And, in, you know, even in terms of like, it doesn't even necessarily need to be that as like, hey, here is a picture of a house. Tell me what's inside. Nothing has to be changed. Yeah. It could just be what it is. There have also been papers written that outline many possible causes of out-of-body experience. And typically they're linked to neurological conditions or other disorders. And we might do an episode in the future because there is so much about astral projection out there that is very interesting because there have been multiple governments who have done serious research into it for military use. And it's interesting when you think about that compared to the fact that some people think it's a neurological disorder. And it's not surprising that anytime humans can do a cool thing, governments are like, what if we killed people with it? Exactly. That and like, they're trying to convince you it, it is not possible, yet they're researching how to use it. So you're like, hmm, hmm, interesting, right? Well, and there's also been government documents that have been released that train you on this. Mm -hmm. I definitely want to do an episode of this in the future because you know that when we're talking about government documents that have been released to the public, I'm in, baby. <laughs> that Lindsay's gone through every CIA document. <laughs> I, you know, honestly, I want to. Sometimes when we're doing research into something, I'm like, what if I just like get a quick peruse <laughs> of like the CIA or the FBI's like open vaults? I'm talking things that have no reason for me to do that. I'm like, what if I just like typed in black eyed children? Ugh. What if I just type in black eyed kids? Like, what if I just did a little like little look skis? What if I just typed in like Ed Gein in here? What if I typed in Christmas monster? You know, like you never know. You never know. You never know. <laughs> CIA website's like, oh, this bitch is back. Now she wants what? What do you want <laughs> from us? We are not this cool. I mean, like we're kind of interesting, but we're not. We're just not cool enough to have anything <laughs> about Christmas monsters. I mean, that we know of. And we always want to know everything. But if you feel like you've astral projected, I've got easily 20 questions for you. Yes. And we'd love to use it in the upcoming episode. Yes. So please, 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 if you have astral projection stories or out-of-body experience stories, please go to truecreeps.com and you'll see a link where you can submit your story. You can also just send it to us on Instagram, but either one. And you can record it or you can just send us a text version. But I'm intrigued. I want real life versions of this. Yes, yes. Well, would you attempt the F-74 or 47 challenge? I think it's a bunch of baloney. So like I'm more likely to do it because I'm like, meh. Fair. Yeah, this one I was like, it doesn't go back very far. And like, it just seems like a creepy story to tell like teenagers. I also like, look, when I talk about like post-apocalyptic stuff, I'm like, oh, I don't want to do with any of that. Oh, no, no, mm -hmm. never. I need my coffee. What am I? 
I'm gonna drop my glasses and like zombies are coming. It's time to write F seventy four on my wrist. You bet your bippy. My thing is like, look, here's what I imagine in a post apocalyptic <laughs> world. Let's start with the fact that I have athletic induced asthma. I'm a bitch when it gets hot out. If I don't have a cup of coffee, I'm going to get a caffeine headache. So I'm going to be asthmatic, hot and bitchy. I will inevitably drop my glasses and not be able to see. And I'll have a caffeine headache. This sounds so unpleasant. I'm indifferent to my survival. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. But the white room with the weird monster sounds great. Done and done. They did not say it was hot. They did not. You're right. You're right. You know, on a summer day here. (gasps) What if it mirrors the climate you're in? Oh, never mind. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, never mind. (laughs) This isn't an option for me. (laughs) You can, you have like, like two weeks out of the year that you can do it. (laughs) I have 10 hours. Otherwise you're in literal hell. (laughs) Well, let us know. Would you try this? Have you tried it? Have you been to the weird hallway? Are you going to try it now? We really do want to know. <laughs> we, wanna, we we always want to know. That's our tagline. We want to know. <laughs> True creeps. We want to know. Thanks for creeping with us. We want to know. And then again, because we, we always say it. Okay. We always say it. Yeah. Let's get to Perfect. our next game. Let's let's take the floor to our next game. Oh, you like that? <laughs> what a segue. So good. She's feeling silly tonight. It's like you're a professional podcaster now. I... <laughs> Well, we've arrived at the elevator game. (laughs) I love us. Silly as hell. (laughs) Scary things, but silly as hell. (laughs) We've touched on this a little bit, but we haven't gone into depth about it. But what it is, is it's a ritual involving many steps. This is the one where we're like, "Mm, just count us out. And it's using an elevator to get to another dimension. Another dimension, another dimension. (laughs) I was waiting for it. I can't not. And this one, actually, this is interesting. You have to find a building with at least 10 floors. What's the number 10 have to do with all these weird travels, right? Oh, yeah. 10 hours, 10 floors. (gasps) Oh, I have a 10 in my secret one later on. Do you? I do have a 10 in mine as well. Maybe 10's the spookiest number. Yeah, yeah. Never mind on 13. What a mundane, spooky number. It's the beige of numbers, but whatever. Let's go. (laughs) It's Arizona. (laughs) So I'm going to go through these steps. They are ridiculous, and I don't know how anyone would even do this. Like, they'd have like a little notebook trying to do it. But you have to make sure that you're alone and that no one else joins you on the elevator throughout the process. Otherwise, you have to start over. So it's just like, get out of my elevator. How annoyed would you be? Yeah, like, I'm on the last step and you had to get in here. Honestly, if you just, like, look out and go, I'm trying to get to another dimension, they're going to be like, no, just, like, <laughs> step back and wait, you know? Like, and run away. I do not want to be in close space <laughs> with you, buddy. Uh, fair, fair. So here's what you have to do. You press the button to get to the fourth floor, but do not get out. <laughs> Then go to the second floor, then the sixth, then the second floor, and then the tenth floor. Do not get out at any of these floors. Okay, so we're going four, second, sixth, second, tenth. Okay, please continue. Don't get out. Don't get out, though. Then go to the fifth floor. There, a young woman would come into the elevator with you, but you are not allowed to speak or even look at her, even though she may look familiar. Okay, okay. Then you press the first floor. If you if you press to go to the first floor, but the elevator then goes to the 10th floor, 
remain on the elevator. You're still in the game. Hot dog. If you press the first <laughs> floor and the elevator goes to the first floor, then exit the moment the doors open and do not speak or look back. Once you reach the 10th floor, you can choose to get off or stay. If you choose to get off, the woman from, you know, the fourth step may ask you a question or even call your name. Disrespectful. Do not answer her. Now, though, if you made it this far, you've reached the other world. To know that you are for sure Z's there, the sign will be that you were the only one there. Not that you're on like, you know, a floor with no one staying on it. What I need to point out is that our outline skips over what you're going to do there. (laughs) The next thing on this is how to return. And I'm like, why the fuck would you go there? I Maybe I'm just not adventurous. I don't know. I couldn't find what the point is. Yeah, you just want to go somewhere cool. Just to like look around. Yeah. Take a flight. Why don't you just do some guided imagery? Right. Rather than holding this like hotel's elevator hostage, because this is the only building I can think of that would have this many floors and wouldn't have people constantly using the elevator. Right, right. So yeah, then you get to return, but you have to, again, follow these precise steps. Otherwise, you're going to get stuck somewhere. So you return to the same elevator that you came from and then press the buttons in the same order, as mentioned before, finishing on the fifth floor. Once you're at the fifth floor, press the button for the first floor. However, this will cause the elevator to go to the 10th floor because, of course, the 10th floor, right? Okay. So you must press any other floor button to stop it from going to the 10th floor before it reaches there. So if it's on its way to the 10th, you somehow need to know that it's on its way to the 10th and you need to stop it from going there. Well, it's going to go up. Yeah. Once you're on the first floor, make sure that everything around you is all right and looks normal. If anything is out of norm, remain on the elevator and repeat step two. (laughs) But how do you, were you just looking for other people? So okay, okay. you must not exit the elevator until you're absolutely sure that you're back in your own world. Okay. If you do make that mistake and you get off the elevator and you're not in your own world, you are stuck. Now, the reasons that you would go here, right? Or like, how do you tell the difference is there's a lot of variation. So the rules seem to remain the same in most places that I see. Sometimes the floors are slightly different, but this is pretty much the gist of it, right? And from some websites, they're like, the hallways look weird, or they're really dark, or you see certain things in the distance. Others are like, it's going to look almost identical, and it's trying to trick you. So you're like, I don't know. And then some people say, if you look out the window, you're going to see a big red cross in the distance. No reason behind that. Why? Additionally, some say that your electronic devices will not function when you're in the other world. So like if you have your cell phone on you, it'll stop working. If you have your watch on you, that'll probably stop working. And that's kind of how you can determine if you're in your world or the other world. Here's my question for you. Say you make a mistake and you get off of the elevator and you're stuck in the other world. Mm -hmm. If the elevator game is indeed a way to open a portal to another world, Couldn't you just do it again? Maybe. Maybe there's lots of other worlds. And then go to do the return thing and accidentally mess up. Oh, God. Okay. We are all about that. Then you're in a world within the other world. Yeah. And it's just going to be that much harder. Then you need to write F74 on your wrist and try to get out that (laughs) way. I don't know. (laughs) You're stressed is what we're hearing. Okay. So let's talk about where this came from. From what we saw, the first instances of this game... We're in South Korea and they go back to 2008. And alternatively, we see that what may have inspired the game were faulty elevators that were in Japan, which is interesting because like we're talking about two different places. But in 2006, 
Hirokase Ichikawa was walking his bike off the elevator on the 12th floor where he lived when he was crushed to death. And he was just 16. And this wasn't an isolated incident because what people found was that the Schindler Elevator Company, who manufactured elevators during this time, many of their elevators would begin moving when the doors were still open. And after this accident, they fixed the elevators and the family of Ichikawa was awarded $250 million from the Schindler Elevator Company. But it did make some of the people in the area a little more anxious about elevator safety because that's horrific. And I'll tell you, like, if you watch a movie, right, where you see a person who's, like, crushed in elevators, it happens in some. Mm -hmm. It's pretty terrifying. And that safety measure not being on is kind of horrific, especially if you're thinking as recent as the 2000s. Yes, absolutely. And so some people think that the fear that began to like percolate as a result of this defect may have given rise to the elevator game as it was in 2008. And just because we're seeing it existing on the Internet in 2008 doesn't mean that that was when it first started. Right. And so when I think of the elevator game, the first thing that I think of is Elisa Lam. Because that's what a lot of people thought that she was doing. Because when you see the footage from before her death, she was on the elevator and she was acting very erratically. And the Cecil slash main hotel has 14 floors. So it had enough floors and she was darting kind of back and forth in the elevator, peeking out, but not getting off. So interesting. Yep. And a lot of people say that it looked like she might have been talking to someone. Mm -hmm. And they're saying perhaps maybe it was the person that you know, the woman that's supposed to enter the elevator with you. And maybe the security camera couldn't see that woman, but Alyssa could. And that's what happened to her. I don't buy that part. We've discussed her a little bit in one of our other episodes, but there's so many questions and so many things about what happened to her Yeah, that are still unanswered. I also think like the idea of this game and that's what she was doing is very interesting. Of all the challenges or games that we're going to talk about today, I think this one is the most confusing in roles and the easiest to mess up. Well, yeah, because there's 350,000 rules. Go up, go down, go up, 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 go down, 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 go up, 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 down. Do not go all the way up. (laughs) You know, I just be really angry because, you know, like that last step, you're like, I'm finally getting to the other world. And then like some like businessman walks in your elevator and you're like, what the fuck? (sighs) Typical. This took me 47 minutes. Yeah. (laughs) Well, would you play that game? Would you be willing to try this elevator game? I'm going to ask you about all of these. I think that. Whether I would be irrelevant, because whether I could would thwart it. I would. I'm not. I am not able to do this. No, I don't think so either. I, I just. I know myself well enough to know that I'd be like, Rah! and I'd be mad. That I'm frustrated. I could see myself being very angry during this. So, nah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> agreed. Agreed. I'd be like, never mind. This is too hard. Too many steps. I need like two steps. Yeah. More than that, I'm done. F74, I was a little bit better on. Number door, hallway, number door. Don't look at the person who's behind you. No number door. Leave. Could you not look at someone behind you, though? The assumption that you have that I would not just be fucking full sprinting. Dream Lindsay doesn't have (laughs) asthma. asthma. She is just going. She's a runner. She's a track star. Fair. (laughs) I am highly caffeinated today. Perfect. Love it. You know what I wouldn't run up, though? Oh, oh, <laughs> what's that? What's that? A gravity hill. Is it because he'd be running down it? Yeah, I wouldn't be running up that hill. <laughs> like oh. the song that Amanda researched too much of on our Stranger Things episode. Every time it comes on now, 
all I think of is like how I listened to that whole album like 27 times that night. Amanda had like a meme from the guy from Always Sunny with like the, the red string. She was like, let me tell you about this. Just like, I was like, are you okay? <laughs> she, real, she had like lemur eyes. That's all. <laughs> yeah, you you know I was obsessed with one of her songs. I would say that like she is absolutely a storyteller in her music and you do not encounter that as much anymore, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anywho, <laughs> let's talk about the Gravity Hills. So Gravity Hill, this is actually a request. And one of the Gravity Hills that was requested is Spook Hill in Florida. And the request was by Gina. So thank you, Gina. She's one of our patrons. She is, yes. And I hadn't heard of Spook Hill before, but I had heard of Gravity Hill. And then as I was researching, I was like, oh, Gravity Hill isn't just a place. It's like a term because there's so many of them all around. I hadn't known that. Yeah, there's like dozens and dozens of them. Yeah. I saw like lists and lists and lists of like, here's a thousand, <laughs> not a thousand, but here's like a couple dozen. Yeah. And they're like, oh, there's like so many in California and so many here. And I was like, wow, I did not realize that that was a thing. And why we're lumping it in the challenges is because not necessarily Spook Hill, but Gravity Hills in general, there's many of them, but a lot of them have challenges attached to them. Like if you park your car in a certain place and you put it in neutral, you need to be able to sit there while ghost children push your car. <laughs> and some of them included things like they would attempt to move your car into a dangerous area or push you down a hill or into railroad tracks. While others are like, no, the ghost kids are trying to save you from something. So there's so many out there. We're not going to go over every single one. Why are all challenges like, let us give you a creative and unnecessary way to die? Why is this? I don't know. And I think, I mean, saying all of those in one, I'm I'm combining a ton of them into one. Yeah. <laughs> but there's a lot of different legends out there. Another one is just, can you get proof that a ghost is pushing your car? That's also part of the challenge. Mm. Because, of course, a ghost is doing it. Why would your car move by itself? The first time I ever heard of Gravity Hill was from my mom. And we're from California. And she used to tell me about this place. And she would talk about how her and her friends, when she was a teenager, would go to Gravity Hill and that they'd put powder or they'd like purposefully not wash their car so that they could get the handprints from the ghosts and like how they truly bought into it. So I had that in my head. And Gravity Hills aren't just here. It's a worldwide sensation. Yeah. So we're going to talk about a couple of specific ones. But there is Spook Hill, which is located in Florida in Lake Wales. And here cars appear to defy gravity and roll uphill even though they're put into neutral. And so what folks do is they will stop their car on a white line and it looks like it's on the bottom of the hill and they put it in neutral. And when they do, it feels like your car will be moving uphill. And some say it's by a spooky force. And folks have also reported seeing water that goes uphill and some round grapefruits as opposed to the square grapefruits. <laughs> uh, this I love that that was like a specific thing like your round grapefruits will go uphill i guess to, to like i don't know your triangular grapefruits will go downhill i don't understand <laughs> they're all roundish <laughs> anyway this particular gravity hill is the only one in the state of florida and in 2019 it was added to the national registry of historic places and we found a few different legends for this place and i just need you to know that before i looked at any of the spooky parts i looked at the science behind it 
and reading so any type of like lore on it i'm like mm. but anywho let's talk about these legends so one is that there was a native nation in the area that was being harassed by what else in florida but a giant alligator <laughs> and they sent one of their warriors to fend off the creature who battled it to death and that the warrior was buried on the north side of the hill and that years later people who were moving goods from an army trail Notice that their horses were like strained at the foot of the ridge. So like it seemed like it was going downhill, but they were kind of acting like they were going uphill. And this is how it got its name was by people on horseback. And so it's unknown if the gator is seeking revenge or if the warrior is still protecting that land. I just I need you to know that I'm generally annoyed by any time a person is like, oh, wow, there's probably a native person who's haunting it. Like, I'm just like, ugh, why is it that all creepy things people try to attribute to native populations? Old creepy things. Old creepy things. Old creepy things. That is very true. That's a trope that I feel like is just unnecessary. And rant. <laughs> right. And that story, from what I see... You know, I've never been there, but there's been signs like it has a little ghost and everything and it has this legend printed on it. Mm. And so that's what many people believe. Interesting. Now, there's another legend in the same area. And it's funny because it's 1000 percent different. And depending on like when you learn about it is like which legend you'll hear about first. And so this one involves pirate friends. Arr. I couldn't help it. I don't know why. Sorry. <laughs> and from what I could find is this legend was found in an article from the Tampa Tribune from the 50s. And what it said is that a man in 1926 witnessed his car seemingly rolling uphill after he parked because his intention was to visit the lake. It was believed that this event awakened the once restful spirit of the pirate Tiente Vanilla. And Vanilla is an acronym for a very long name. So the backstory is that Florida has a lot of pirate stories and even an annual pirate parade. And there was a pirate captain called Gimme Sarsaparilla. I do need you to know that there is also a pirate festival in Baltimore. Is there? Sorry, I just need you to know it. So you don't get sad. And so you know that the wilds of Maryland. <laughs> we don't have anything cool like that. We have a beige festival. I wouldn't be surprised. Look at our beige rocks. <laughs> It's hot. Look at what you call them, cat litter boxes. <laughs> Look at our beige rocks, colon. It's hot here. Yes. And then it's just a bunch of people like frying eggs and baking cookies on like the roof of their car. That's the whole festival. Oh, well, I mean, that is a thing. A lot of people do that here. But a whole festival of it. Well, no one would want to go because they don't even want to drive anywhere because it's too hot. Or they do because they're baking cookies. <laughs> well... The captain, Gimme Sarsaparilla, was said to be a distant cousin of Captain Jose Gaspar. And him and his aide, our other pirate friend, Tiente Vanilla, decided that they were going to dock their ship permanently and retire in Lake Wales in 1511. Because, like, what else do you do in Florida, right? You retire. They went fishing and, you know, enjoyed their lovely retirement. And that was until Captain Sarsaparilla passed away. He was given a, quote unquote, Davy Jones locker burial at the bottom of North Lake Wales. And then shortly after, Vanilla also passed away. But he was buried later would be considered Spook Hill. So when this guy in 1926 parked his car, he parked it directly over the grave of Vanilla. 
And that would have been where his chest would have been. And it's believed that the weight of the car was, I'm going to use this as a new measurement. Ooh. It was roughly the weight of 16 men. <laughs> Fantastic. Fantastic. We're measuring in 12-year-old boys, but we're weighing in dead men. Got it. Got it. Got it. Exactly. Exactly. So pirates really don't like 16 men on a dead man's chest. Although now that I think about it, I'm pretty sure the song was 15 men on a dead man's chest. But whatever. Unit of measurement. So, of course, his spirit was a little upset, called for his BFF, Captain Sarsaparilla, to help. And the captain's spirit then pushed the car off his friend's chest. And again, like I said, they were at rest. And then this event awoke their spirits. And others now say that this is a paranormal hotspot because of it. Or alternatively, or this very reasonable explanation. Nope, nope. I'm going to stop it there. This is what it was. <laughs> so what it is, is it's an optical illusion that makes a slope that is actually going downhill look like it is going up. And it's caused by the layout of the surrounding land, which is why there's so many of them all over. Particularly, the horizon is either fully or partially obstructed. So when there's no horizon, it's difficult to determine if the slope is going up or down. And there's a research study from Italy, and the researchers found that if there's not a horizon in sight, our brains can be tricked by ordinary landmarks, like trees, signs, things like that. So going back to Florida's Spook Hill, there was a piece from 1956 saying that a skeptical bricklayer brought his leveler to the location. And when he put his leveler down on the painted white line, it showed that it was uneven. But not only uneven, it showed that the ground was at a decline. So what people saw was the items and the cars and everything, the grapefruit, going downhill. The round grapefruit, not the triangular one. Not the triangular one. But due to the optical illusion, it looked like they were going upwards. And other names for these places are Magnetic Hills, Mystery Hills, Mystery Spot, Gravity Road, and Anti-Gravity Hill. So like we said at the beginning, a lot of people blame ghosts for their cars moving. And just for fun, I wanted to discuss San Antonio's Gravity Hill by the train tracks. And interestingly enough, California has one with a very similar story. So it's kind of funny that they're like very, very similar. Mm -hmm. But the legend says a school bus filled with children got hit by a train. Oh, that's sad. It's very sad. So now what the ghost kids do is they push your car away from the train tracks to prevent it from happening again. Because, you know, these people are sitting there putting their cars in neutral really close to the train tracks. So they're trying to push them away. Smart. Super fucking smart. Smart. Yep. It's a challenge, Lindsay. You have to live through it. But many people put baby powder on their cars so that they can see the tiny handprints of kids. And same thing like the others. You have to put your car in neutral, turn off the car, and then it appears like your car is getting pushed. Well, there is a YouTuber that made a video about it. So this one's like a little eerie because of where it is, I think, because it seems like it's in the middle of nowhere. So it's like super dark. It makes it more creepy. And it does, I mean, from the angle of the camera, look like he's going uphill. And we'll have that in our show notes, too, if you want to watch the video as well. And Lindsay, if you'll pull up the video, go to like two minutes and five seconds. Okay. Ooh, it's moving. Okay, his car is moving. Mm-hmm. And this guy, when he gets out of his car, he claims to see handprints. And to me, this actually looks completely level. You be the judge. You pull it up. Let us know what you think. 
I think it looks slightly uphill, like not like a big hill. I also know. So I think that's the other part is that I'm like, I, I already know. So I'm like, mm. I've already talked about it. I know too, but it's still like unsettling. I think it's in the middle of nowhere and that makes me nervous. But he does claim, you know, he gets out, he shows the back of the car. You don't know if that was there before, but there are handprints. And I think that it makes it a little more spooky. For me, because I already knew the reason, nothing could make this creepy to me. There could be literal children behind it, pushing it. And I would be like, optical illusion. You can't see a horizon ruining this for Amanda. <laughs> I think maybe so where I live, right? You've been here at night in the middle of nowhere. We have like an area that looks like that where it's just like super dark, mm-hmm. creepy train tracks, everything. And I feel like even just being there alone at night already is creepy versus like where you are. It's never really dark, dark. Like there's always stores, there's people, there's things. And maybe it's that. But I will say like I've been in areas where where there's like full darkness and it is automatically scarier to be in those places like a few months ago we stayed at the house where they shot the scenes for buffalo bill from silence of the lambs and in the area it is very dark at night and it is terrifying (laughs) and like not because there's any reason for it to be terrifying it's just like the sheer blackness of it just like the way in which it gets dark is so different from what i'm used to which is like a light polluted dark (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. All right. I'm excited for what you have. Okay. Amanda, are you ready for our last challenge slash game? I'm nervous. Sure. Yes. Kind of. What if I told you there was a way for you to play a game that everyone loves by yourself, particularly hide and go seek? That doesn't sound very fun. I was like, solitaire? Sure. <laughs> Ooh, sol- you old <laughs> right, lady. Solid- Ooh. <laughs> a little bit of mom. <laughs> a little bit of... <laughs> You know what? Alone time sounds great. Sounds great. <laughs> well, here's the thing. This isn't really alone time, though. Ooh. So this game is called Hitori Kakenbao, which is in Japanese. Okay. Which translates to hide and seek alone. And we're going to start a little bit with the history and then we'll get into how to play. <laughs> Are you surprised when you find yourself? Oh, no. Uh, also, I have my post-it note right in front of me. <laughs> To remind everyone that Amanda thought that maybe it was possible that this game, when she didn't know what it was, could be played on accident. I mean, do I get lost a lot? Absolutely, I do. I do too, but... And then I find myself. This, I don't think you can accidentally do any of this. So just, just like, <laughs> buckle in. Okay. So in 2007, there was a Japanese horror forum that no longer exists that originally outlined this game. And the rules were copy and pasted to a different blog that is Saya in Underworld. And this blog translates ghost stories, urban legends, and creepypastas from Japanese to English. So that's how it got to where it is. And that website still exists. And that is where I got these gorgeous steps. So to start, there's a warning on the site that if you have any psychic abilities, you may be prone to accidents or feel unwell during the ritual. Okay. So, you know, don't do that. Okay, don't be psychic. Got it. Got it. Don't be psychic. And, you know, like, fair. Like, for this, maybe, I guess if you were medium, perhaps you could do it without all of this. Are you intrigued? I'm intrigued for you. I'm intrigued. Good. I, like, hid my notes from Amanda for this because I didn't want her to see it. Also, I am not loving that this game is called a ritual, right? Like, the other ones were like, challenge, write a number on your wrist. And this is like, this is a ritual because it is. Yeah, already it's like, ugh. Okay, let's get our list of things that we need. 
We will need a doll that has limbs. Okay. Okay. I'll accidentally have. That Amanda will accidentally have. A doll that has limbs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, red thread and a needle. Does it have to be threaded? Because I'm really bad at that. It does. Oh, and you need to have thread because that will symbolize the blood vessel that will seal the entity inside of the doll. Take that in. Okay, Take but that like, in. You're, I'm sorry. You're going to have duct to thread tape? a needle. No, it has that to be work? a threaded needle. Red duct tape? No, because it's going to make sense why you need thread and a needle. Oh, fuck. Okay. You will need enough rice to fill that doll. And the rice represents internal organs of the doll. Uh-huh. But it also is useful for attracting spirits to possess the doll. And rumor has it, you have some extra brown rice lying around. I just made a shit ton of brown rice for my dog. So yeah, I'm good. I have a lot. Have you clipped your nails recently? Um, No. Fantastic. Because you're going to need to collect some nail clippings. Your own nail clippings. You'll have some of those. Okay, done. Done. Ready. Well, good. Don't, don't grab anyone else's. No, no, no. These have to be yours. Okay. Some salt water. Okay. Uh, then you're going to need something with a sharp edge, like a knife, okay, a glass shard, or scissors. And I have it in here because we all have casual glass shards lying around. Now, another website suggested that you have something like a pencil rather than a knife. And we'll explain why in a minute. Okay. I'll explain why in a minute. You will also need one cup of salt and a hiding place. And there's some interesting things with the hiding place. So there's a note that that hiding place should preferably be a whole room and it should be purified by incense and an afudo, which is a Japanese protection talisman. I lost my talisman. Well, you're fucked. You're going to need to get a new one. Also, the hiding place needs to have a TV. This will make sense later. Okay. Okay. So we have our ingredients. We're ready to play. Here are the steps to prepare. First, you're going to open up that doll. And you're going to remove all of the stuffing from inside of it. And you're going to replace all of the stuffing with the rice. For you, the brown rice. It'll be a heavy doll. It's going to be a heavy doll. Next, you'll put your nail clippings inside of the doll with the rice. So you're not going to use that rice is what I'm hearing. It just grosses me out. I don't like that the nail clippings are touching the yeah, rice. Yeah, that's how that's I was like, you can't use that rice after this. Like that rice is, is done. Then... I'm sorry. You have to thread that needle and sew up the opening you created to remove the stuffing with that red thread and needle. Then with the remaining thread and or duct tape, no, not duct tape, it has to be thread. Then you have to take the remaining red thread and tie up the doll. Next, you will fill a bathtub with water. Okay, that's getting awkward. So you have to have a TV and a bathtub in the same room. I mean, what dream is that? Oh, no, this is this is a whole house experience. Oh, whole house. Okay, okay. So <laughs> I was really excited for this magic room. I want one. No, this is, you're like, oh, bathtub television. Great. No, no, no. The whole point is that you are not going to be in the room with a bathtub. Oh. Which is the bathroom, theoretically. So you're also going to <laughs> put a cup of salt water, a whole cup, in your hiding place. And it's very important that you have a whole cup of salt water. Like a measuring cup or just like a cup cup? Look, it says a cup. So I would say at least eight ounces. If you wanted to have more than that, I don't think it's going to hurt because we are going to end up using the whole cup. <laughs> so <laughs> okay. now we are ready to play. Great. We've set ourselves up. Our doll is filled with rice and toenails. They're all sutured. We've found <laughs> it. You filled a bathtub with water. Your salt water is ready in your hiding place that also has a TV. So let's go. First, you are going to name your rice and toenail filled doll. And it can be anything other than your own name. For the purposes of our game today that we're actually never going to, I'm never going to play. Amanda, what would you like to name this doll? 
Lindsay. Some clearly. people say you can name it one of your enemies. Oh my god, that's so mean. <laughs> no, <laughs> I, you didn't get to the enemy part yet. <laughs> but if you're making me play this, then Lindsay. <laughs> Fair, but I can't. I'm gonna be reading it, so it can't be my name. So, Ugh, okay. I know. I don't know. What do you name a doll? Annabelle? That sounds like you're trying to piss off another doll. You know what I mean? I mean, if I'm putting toenails and rice in it, it's already pissed. Oh, no, I don't think it is. I mean, it's going to be, but like, not yet. Let's get another name. Any name will do. Actually, you know what? I know who can answer this question. We're going to put it in our Patreon really quick. Okay, okay. Patrons, give me a good name. It can't be Lindsay. Happy Thursday. What would you name a possessed doll? Why is it possessed? It's just filled with toenails and rice. Hold on, man. If you were to name one yourself, first answer goes in the episode. (laughs) Attention. Important. (laughs) And now we wait for someone to answer. (laughs) Oh, 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 here we go. Cornelius. Cornelius it is. Lauren, thank you. Cornelius the doll. Winner, winner. (laughs) Okay, Cornelius. Okay. (laughs) So we're at step one of playing. We're naming our rice and toenail filled doll Cornelius. So we take Cornelius into the bathroom. Great. We wait until 3 a.m. Naturally, the witching hour. We've talked about it enough that I'm not doing another recap. Do you have to like chill with it? Presumably you're doing all of this around like 2.30 so that this way it's like ready. But I mean, you can also be in stasis, I guess. But at 3 a.m. Okay. Okay. You're in the bathroom with the doll and you say, I would say, for example... It's going to be insert your name is the first it. And you say it three times. So you will say, I would say, Lindsay is the first it. Lindsay is the first it. Lindsay is the first it. Then you have to turn off all of the lights in your house. You can't leave any on. Okay. Then you go to your hiding place and you turn on the TV. I'll explain why later. Then while you're in your hiding place with the TV on, you close your eyes and count to 10. There's our 10 again, by the way. Yep. Yep. Then you open your eyes, you grab the sharp edge tool that we decided to discuss before. Mm-hmm. Amanda, what type of sharp edge? Like, let's actually, let's let them play this. Okay, next. We're going to let our patrons go. Unrelated question. Name a sharp edged instrument tool. While we're waiting for that, I do want to say the runners up of these names. Of the doll's names. Would have been Clementine or Claudine and... Tallulah. I love the name Tallulah, by the way. It's obviously Cornelius Clementine Claudine. Tallulah, for short. Tallulah, yes, for short. (laughs) Stahl has a really long name. Hopefully we don't have to say it a lot. Scalpel. Okay, so Lexi gave us a scalpel. So that is the sharp edge tool we have. Okay, so again, you're in your hiding place. You've closed your eyes. You count up to 10. You open your eyes. You grab your sharp edge tool. In this instance, a scalpel. And you head to the bathroom. Because we all have those at the house. Yeah. Once you get there, you must look at your doll and say, I have found you, Cornelius. And then Amanda, just just look right at me. Okay. Then you stab the doll with your scalpel and you say, Okay, okay. You are the next it, Cornelius. And you set the doll down. Once you have put the doll down, you should run to your hiding place. Okay. And now the doll that is theoretically possessed is looking for you. The toenail doll. The toenail doll, Cornelius. Cornelius, Clementine, Claudine. Do you hear like, you know, like when rice is like moving? Do you oh, hear yeah. Like the like rice feet. <laughs> the rice feet. I mean, I would imagine you would hear like the thud of like 
rice feet. Oh my gosh, you've sent me a thing about a doll expo that you're you're clearly going to now to go get a rice doll. Yeah, I mean, I kind of have to. Well, no, there's no chance I would do this because I don't want a haunted doll, let alone to be making my own haunted dolls. So, okay, how do you end the game? We're going to talk about some things with this. Okay, Amanda, do you have any guesses on how you end the game? Probably die or end up in another dimension, right? No. Okay, here's how we end it. You're going to take that cup of salt water and you are going to pour half of the cup of salt water into your mouth. Obviously. Do not swallow it. This is very important. I don't want to. You are going to need to hold it into your mouth. Well, yeah, you throw up. It's gonna, you're going to hold it in your mouth. So you're going to leave the hiding place. I'm going to spit it out. No, I'm you can't. Not yet. So you're going to leave your hiding place and you're going to start looking for the doll. That's right. With your like yes, yes. chipmunk cheeks. <laughs> chipmunk cheeks filled with salt water. And you're totally not gagging. And I want to point out that you are looking for the doll. Because you're not going to go to the bathroom because it might not fucking be there. So as you're searching, keeping this mouth warm salt water in your mouth, you cannot spit it out. I can't stress that enough. (laughs) Once you find the doll, you have to pour the rest of the salt water that's in the cup over the doll. So imagine you're looking through the house with a doll. You have mouth warm salt water in your chipmunk cheeks. You're also holding a cup of water, right? Now, oh, I also mentioned another really important part. That sharp instrument from before, that's now the dolls. So it has that scalpel. So you have a cup of salt water and warm salt water in your mouth. And you're hunting it with so your wait, salt wait, water. Wait. Yes. What you're saying is that there's going to be a doll in the house. In the dark. Filled with rice and toenail, <laughs> toenail clippings. With a scalpel. <laughs> fucking running around the house while I have a chipmunk cheeks. <laughs> while I have chipmunk cheeks of salt water and I'm supposed to just look for this bitch without spitting yeah, any out. You can't out. spit any out. You can't draw any out. And you're also holding the cup with the remainder of the salt water there. And it's dark. And it's dark. <laughs> I barely can I barely can walk in my house in the dark I now know, with something, I know. let alone this Let alone like not throwing up or gagging or spitting this out. But okay. So <laughs> when you find the doll, you pour the rest of the salt water cup over the doll. Okay. And then all of that salt water that's in your mouth, you don't just spit it at it like a like a like you do like a water thing. You have to spray spit it all over the doll. So you're just like a fire hose. You're really dousing it in this salt water. That's why I'm saying as long as it's at least eight ounces, I would actually feel like it might be better to do a bigger cup so that that way if you do drool a little, you still have an adequate amount to pour and spit spray on the doll. But then, once your mouth is empty... But drool doesn't help you in this case. No, drool does not help you in this case. Only in yeah, the that's, other Yeah, that's the F74 game. This you do not... You want to keep all your liquids in your mouth. <laughs> For now. So, okay, after you found your toenail rice doll, Cornelius in this instance, and you've poured your salt water and then spit sprayed them, you say, I win three times. And so, I just wanted to note some general holes in this ending. Because the instructions don't say this, but if... You are looking for the doll, and the doll is hunting you with its scalpel or whatever sharp object it has. Mm-hmm. Presumably, one of the outcomes of the game slash ritual is that this fucking doll does find you, right? Like, because it is looking for you. What if you find each other at the exact same moment, though? I mean, I would imagine that you better learn how to spit real quick. <laughs> spit, and, spit and pour, baby. <laughs> is it like trying to stab you and... 
<laughs> yeah, no, you have to train water. For like you have to train of like how to pour and spit very quickly. <laughs> and you also like have to have like a non-threatening sharp object that's like sharp enough to stab, but isn't going to hurt you very much. <laughs> but so like what happens if that doll finds you first? What happens if you can't find the doll? Do you just burn the whole house down? And then here is the biggest question that I have. Why did we fill the bathtub full of water in the beginning? Because I didn't see anything that explained why that was the case. And I was like, are you supposed to put the doll in the water? So is it a wet rice toenail doll that's just (laughs) squashing all over your house and like getting wet rice water everywhere? And like then to find it, you would just have to like follow the wet rice trail. You know what I mean? Like it wouldn't be that hard presumably but i don't know why we needed a bathtub full of water <laughs> and originally one of my questions was like why did we turn the tv on because we needed light to find the doll no that was in your hiding place there's a reason why the tv is on so here are some general notes that you should keep in mind when playing the game first is that you must finish the ritual which feels reasonable because you don't want this scalpel wielding doll on the loose Secondly, it will not work at all if the lights are on. So you can't even do it. I don't know what happens if midway through you turn the lights on. I'm imagining this doll is already alive. Lights or no lights. It doesn't give a fuck unless you're going to spit on it. It's a kink. Anyway, you also have to be quiet while you're hiding, which I feel like is a really obvious notion. Like if a doll with a sharp instrument is hunting me, I'm probably going to be quiet. You know what I'm also probably going to do? Not any of this. I'm not going to put myself in this situation because that's weird. Anyway, (laughs) there's also the following quote. Are you ready? Yes. Remember, if you were living with someone, you might put them in danger too. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, what the fuck is happening right now? There's this fucked up doll and you really, really can't sew. So like it's like losing toenails and rice as it walks around. If one is doing this, I'm imagining they're relatively erratic and unhinged, right? So, like, they have, like, these, like, loose, chunky stitches. So it's just dripping rice and toenails, like, as it goes. And, like, you walk into a room and you hear, like, a quick rice shuffle spill. (laughs) You have, like, rice-related trauma for the rest of your life. Clearly. And toenail-related trauma. You're afraid to clip anything. I don't know why it's toenails in this version, but whatever. Go with it. I don't know. It just became that. Yeah. Okay. Now, this feels relatively reasonable, but you shouldn't continue the ritual for more than two hours. That feels fair. It's now 5 a.m. Like, you don't even get 10? (laughs) It's now fucking 5 a.m. Well, the sun's coming up. You'd have an unfair advantage. Uh, So, okay. (laughs) When you were looking for the doll, you need to be clenching that cup. Because when you see it... But not spilling it and not laughing. No, no. I mean, honestly, is this a laughing matter? (laughs) Like, in this version, it is. I mean, there's a rice doll going... (laughs) And, like, here's my also, like, version. Like, I imagine that in some version, someone has gotten lazy and they've just, like, put the bag of rice itself inside of the doll. (laughs) That's me. And then the whole bag is just kind of, like, pouring out. So eventually it's like a dog toy that has, like, no stuffing that's just, like, snaking its way to you. But it has the scalpel. But okay, here's another quote. If you go out of the hiding place without salt water, you might encounter, quote, something wandering around in your house, which might harm you in some way. Apparently, the way to feel the presence of something wandering around is to watch what happens to the TV. And apparently what will happen is it'll start to like repeat words or it'll start to look warped or it'll like jump in time. 
Oh. And then in case you were like, oh my gosh, this is the game for me. But like, too bad, so sad. This is like hide and seek alone in this doll. I want to play with friends. Worry not. There is a multiplayer version. However, there are two very big differences. The first is that it's not a doll. It has to be a stuffed animal. If you're playing with friends, I'm assuming that's to make it more difficult because it would be a softer step. Do Furbies count? Oh, I guess if you remove their internal flesh, like all their me- like mechanisms, I think that if you took Furby skin and filled it with rice, you could absolutely do this. You should try. I have skinned a Furby before. Oh, okay. <laughs> I've seen your skinless Furby, but did you keep the skin? No, but we did tie a um, knife around. And so when it wiggled its ears, the knife would go up and down. Oh, excellent. So it already has its sharp stabbing tool. Yeah. Done and done. No, but you'll need you'll need to find that skin. Also, the multiplayer version, you're supposed to burn the stuffed animal when you're done. Now, I will say there was never a chance that I wasn't going to burn this creature when I was done. <laughs> you know, like yeah. I've searched the Internet wide and far to see if I could find anyone who like played the game and had like, quote unquote, reputable results. But like. There's really not obviously <laughs> anybody who's like, let me tell you about my hide and seek game that seems legitimate. There is one person who like wrote a story. Wait till we get that email. I swear to fucking God, I'm going to lose my fucking <laughs> shit. Look, this is the only time that I would love a fictitious story. Tell me the fictitious story of your version of this. Let's play Mad Libs. I want to know what is your doll's name? What kind of doll did you pick? Send me. We need a photo of the doll. Its name and the sharp instrument, <laughs> as well as what TV show you put on and your saltwater receptacle. Because I feel like there are some smart ways to do this. Yeah. Like you could put it in a spillproof cup, but you're going to have to be able to take that lid off quick. You know, like what are we doing? So it can't be like a sippy cup. No, because then it, you just it's hard to get off. That's the whole point. Yeah. Yeah. But OK, there's some users who have said they played the game, but it's like, <gasps> You know, kind of things where people are just gasping in the dark, you know, versions. And then there's also a video game that's based on this game slash ritual. What game? The game is very cleverly named Hitori Hakenbao. Literally, it's just the name of the ritual, Mm. which is hide and seek alone. So, yeah. What a ride. Did you have any guesses that this is where we were going to be? I did not. I did not. What a time. When I found this, I was like, what? What, what, what? But again, we want which doll, what kind of rice, what is your saltwater receptacle, what are you putting on the TV, and what is your sharp instrument? Please send them to us. Oh, and my cat Harry also screamed that he needed to know. Amanda, are you going to play this? You'd have to clear out your house, and you'd have to let Mike, with his injured knee, know. <laughs> Sacrifice. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'll put him in danger. Um, Probably not. It's again, there's too many rules, like too many things, too many steps, too much going on and having to sew like Ugh, that's the real part of this. Yeah. I mean, it's like it's the sewing for me. And I'm like, it's the <laughs> creating a literal haunted doll for me. What a time. Well, as always, let us know if you'd play. We do love our haunted dolls. Yeah, we do. Uh, I can't wait to play this at your house. Oh, absolutely not. I'm going to need you to sew the doll real quick, though. So if I come to you with some stuff. Do not worry about what this is. Don't ask questions. By the way, you're out of rice. Um. I have like six bags of rice because I got like a like a four foot tall 
Valentine's doll. Oh, you know, like God. Why are you making this harder for yourself? Where it's like, I love you, a bushel and a peck, a bushel and a peck, and a hug around the neck. And it's just wandering, just rice-filled. It didn't go in the bathtub, so it's sopping wet, fucking up my hardwood floors. No. Hmm? You're, <laughs> you're not listening, though. If it's a giant thing, think about having to find it. You're going to find it really quick. Yeah, unless it's good at hiding. If it's one of those big Valentine bears. <laughs> I got this. You know, I can outsmart this game. It's fine. Unless it's good at hiding. You know where it's going to go. It's going to crawl into that that thing, of the uh, space on the wood paneling in my basement. At the bar. That's what's down there. The bar. That's what's that's in the there. Goat. A four foot tall. Yeah. Valentine's Day bear filled with various types of rice and Amanda's toenails. Specifically, not fingernails, toenails. <laughs> Has to be toenails. Yeah, I feel like people did this wrong. I'm looking at all the images of it and everyone uses like a little doll, a little bear. And it's like, no, you need to get the giant Valentine's Day uh, fair, whatever you want to use, stuffed animal and or doll. Oh, you're talking like carnival thing. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah, Like it needs to be gigantic where it can't even like leave the room without you not being able to see it. Like one of those Costco teddy bears. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you need a lot of fucking rice though. (laughs) We're also going to buy the rice while we're at Costco. And you need to use, like, <laughs> red yarn. because Oh, because it's so thick? You need, like, fishing wire? Yeah. This is my version of it. Where are you seeing images of what people made? Oh, I just Google image searched, and some of it gets real weird. So, you, you know, know. As, as we expect. I feel like I'm seeing mostly teddy bears. Well, there's, like, a little doll that's stabbed in a dog dish for some reason. Okay, that's just disrespectful to the dog. Hallie would still eat it. One of my parents' old dogs, I don't know, we gave her a doll at one point to tear up because we were going to throw it away. I think my dad maybe got it at a flea market, but she chewed the face off and she carried around that doll face for years. I mean, fair, fair. <laughs> Amanda is completely unfazed because she's too busy scrolling, looking at the dolls that people have made. I can't wait to hear everyone's stories. I know. Please. Again. No, I need to know. Again. As a recap, this is what we need from you. We need, what is your doll's name? What type of rice are you using? What sharp instrument do they have? What receptacle for salt water do you have? Your sewing skills. If you can sew. Yeah, yeah. Don't worry. My four foot teddy bear and or doll with its fucked up uh, red duct tape taped around it. I, again, I can't stress enough how bad of an idea that seems because it seems like the point of the salt water is to really douse it. And that Costco bear isn't even going to be damp. I mean, can you just bring the hose? A salt water hose? What's a salt water hose? You know what? Never mind. So I have squirt gun, like a super soaker, a turtle tank. And so I know how to change water from a tank into like buckets. That's what I have now. So I have the little device that you like pump and then it like throws water out and the bucket's going to be filled with salt. But you have to put half of that in your mouth. It's fine. We got this. You don't have a gaping mall. I thought it was just, no, a, just a chip No, you full. have to do half of the receptacle in your mouth. Well, fuck. Honestly, no. You know what I'm going to say? I'm going to say you have to do at least four ounces, which like... You know, we'll figure this out. More fluid ounces, not weight. Got this. Well, this got weird. What a time. Challenges. Challenges. You're welcome. When I found the hide and seek alone, I was like, this is fascinating. I need to know everything about this. This is the best. I am so excited about it. And you can accidentally do it. Yeah. I mean, I was like, can I accidentally do this? No, I actually really don't think you can accidentally do this. I mean, how did the person stumble upon this unless they accidentally did it? 
the internet. They created this ritual. Oh, it had to come from somewhere. Well, I mean, like, do you think that at any point in the world, a person has gone <laughs> been like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to empty a doll, fill it up with rice's fingernails. Then I'm going to take it to my bathroom, sit it on the floor. And then I'm going to look at it in its little doll eyes at three in the morning and say, Lindsay is the first it. Lindsay is the first it. Lindsay is the first it. Then like a fucking psycho leave, then come back with a sharp tool and then stab said doll and say, I have found you. That is horror movie stuff. You really think people haven't done that? I think they did after this. I don't think they organically followed these steps. I think it's more likely that you would be randomly going to floors of a building than to do these accidentally. <laughs> With no one. Yes. Not talking to the woman that enters on the fourth floor, was it? And then finding your way back. Sure. Yep. If you know of any other paranormal challenges that you'd like to share with us, also send us those. Maybe we'll do this again. because And if you've done them, that's another part of this. Especially if you've done them. Absolutely. Absolutely. And also, you know, like, when I think of paranormal challenges, it's like the OG, right? Which is Bloody Mary. And we had a whole episode about Bloody Mary. But I was like, oh, yeah, like, that's a good version of this. Because, like, what I searched the internet for to find this was I was specifically looking at internet urban legends. And, like, Momo comes up and Slender Man comes up. But I feel like a lot of people have talked about those. And then this gem popped on up. And I was like, oh, yeah. Love it. Love it. Well, we can't wait for these emails. We're hyped. And thank you to our patrons that helped um, with our Mad Lib today. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, they don't know what they were answering. They don't know what cruel fate they've created. Oh, they have no idea. But they're going to be excited. I think so. And if you want to join Patreon, we have our upcoming ghost tour. And it's going to be great. <laughs> they got first dibs. Look, you could name our ghost. You could name our doll next time and pick its thing. And yeah, our ghost tour is coming up. You can bring the doll to the ghost tour. And then I'll bring it to Lindsay's house. You could. You could do that. I'm staying there. No, she will not. The ghost tour is going to have a limited amount of spots. So if you are interested, be sure to sign up as soon as possible. And if it is already sold out by the time this comes out, we'll also put that in the show notes. Yes. As a reminder, stick around after our outro for bloopers. And with that, have a great weekend. Thanks for creeping with us. Thanks for listening. And as always, a special thank you to our patrons who support us via Patreon. Please see the link in our show notes to learn more about how you, yes you, can begin to haunt the dump, guard vortexes, or even become a scorching Sasquatch. Ooh. Also in our show notes, you can find the link to our website, more information on our sources, our social media handles, and our merch store. We'd love for you to keep creeping with us. So if you like this episode, please subscribe, rate, review, and share the show with your fellow creeps and or ghosts. I beg of you. <laughs>